Good evening, dummies. Episode 275, season three, Unbroken. Tonight, we're going to be talking about AOC. Don't worry why I called you dummies. It is just a term of endearment that don't unfriend me. It's not personal. Ocasio-Cortez says that all Republicans want to have sexual relationships with her. Is it true? Find out tonight. I'm going to open that door and tell you if it's accurate or not. It should be a fun show. By the way, we're not doing that right now. I don't know why I pushed that button. Let me push this button. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. It's wonderful to meet you. You can stop by all my Twitter handles and all of that wonderful stuff at, at Don't Unfriend Me Show. Give me a follow, like, and share. I will be right back after these messages. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point. And always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him. Sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, thank you so much again. Episode 275 tonight. Sorry for a little bit of the glitch. I'm working out all the new fun stuff for the show. Thanks for watching. Once again, throw a like, share, and subscribe. 52,000 people are following, and I'll tell you, I can't thank you enough. Let's get to it. Ocasio-Cortez is in the house. If I only had a brain and a platform that wasn't aligned with communism aoc is not a threat well she isn't a threat yet she is not Ilan omar or rashid talib confessed anti-semites and pro-terrorist organizations like isis and hezbollah she's not gerald nadler a sniveling shell of a man who hasn't seen his toes since he was in the womb she isn't mitch mcconnell or nancy pelosi who are politically advantageous opportunists and wolves in sheep's clothing the one thing she is not is fake She's exactly who she is, and what you see is what you get. I align her with the likes of Bernie Sanders, except for the well-spoken, lovable grandpa who yells at the capitalist to get off his Marxist lawn and Leninist driveway. She's harmless. That is, until she no longer aspires to be just the fairest-looking politician in all the land, but aspires to be taken seriously and masks her true intentions. Then she will be like all the rest, and that is a scarier thought than a bartender gone Mrs. Smith going to Washington could ever be. Now, I am not threatened by AOC. I don't think she's evil. I do not think she is actually trying to ruin America. I think like all leaders and fools, she feels she is doing what is best for her delusions of grandeur and virtue typecast. She should be observed carefully because like a child wielding a water pistol, she's harmless. That is, until the child is no longer satisfied with dousing her targets with water, she wants something bigger and more damaging, is the day we should all lament. Now, AOC will need to shed the skin she wears and learn the chameleon ways of her nemesis, Nancy Pelosi. She will need to learn to show her teeth and utilize her looks less, because they won't be around forever, and this is something she is desperately trying to distance herself from. 
AOC was recently offended, what's new, when she was called out for not wearing a mask in public with her boyfriend. The media and Republicans did what they always do and gaslit AOC, and she responded with a strange and hypocritical statement in retort. She said, if Republicans are mad, they can't date me. They can just say that instead of projecting their sexual frustrations onto my boyfriend's feet, you creepy weirdos. This isn't the first time she has claimed this type of treatment, and it isn't the last. In fact, this is becoming an everyday occurrence, it seems. Whenever someone challenges her with anything substantive or not, she plays the sexism card. But let's be clear. She didn't mean to say the word date, and she obviously meant Republicans want to screw her. Now, I am sorry to use that language, but let's just be honest. Here's a video of her speech after the Capitol on January 6th, which you might find interesting, claiming sexism yet again. About two days ago, I was walking up the steps of the Capitol when Representative Yoho um, suddenly turned a corner um, and he was accompanied by Representative Roger Williams and accosted me on the steps right here in front of our nation's Capitol. I was minding my own business, walking up um, the steps, and Representative Yoho put his finger in my face. He called me disgusting. He called me crazy. He called me out of my mind. Um, and he called me dangerous. And then he took a few more steps, and after I had recognized his, uh, after I had recognized his, his comments as rude, he walked away and said, I'm rude. You're calling me rude. I took a few steps ahead, and I walked inside and cast my vote. This is not new, and that is the problem. Mr. Yoho was not alone. He was walking shoulder to shoulder with Representative Roger Williams. And that's when we start to see that this issue is not about one incident. It is cultural. It is a culture of lack of impunity, of accepting of violence and violent language against women, and an entire structure of power that supports that. Because not only have I been spoken to disrespectfully, particularly by members of the Republican Party and elected officials in the Republican Party, not just here, but the President of the United States last year told me to go home to another country is the implication that I don't even belong in America. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, Donald Trump said you should go back home and stop there. You added the country part, but that's semantics, I guess. Betty White was a real woman who didn't use the feminist third and fourth wave to blame everything on everything. Well, it's time to pick one, ma'am. Do you want to be equal to men or treated differently? It's not equality when it suits you and special treatment when it doesn't. But the sad thing is, this isn't the first time AOC has used her feminine ways to garner attention or votes. Now, I want to be clear. The hack job they portrayed on her for her dancing video in college was completely ludicrous. Who the hell hasn't danced when they were younger or acted a fool? In the video, she does look good. Let's lighten up, people. 
but more on that later. People have even made fake images of her to discredit her and trivialize her move to Congress. AOC is a lot of things. She dresses with class. She uses her quasi-intellectual charm to corral voters, and she is seen as a face by most and aspirational at the very best. But let's be clear. She's not taken seriously, and the sex appeal card is no longer working because people know she isn't working with a full hand, let alone a full deck. And this pseudo-outrage is to cover up something far more debilitating. She's hopelessly naive and economically illiterate. To be fair, I think some criticisms of her are invalid, but who cares if she used to be a bartender? If anything, that's endearing or at least suggests she's had some experience in an ordinary job. Many socialists were born well-off and decided to speak on behalf of a working class they were never a part of. Marx, Lenin, and Che Guevara are for all examples. Such ideas are more popular among college students who have never had a job or paid taxes in their life. At least AOC isn't an aristocrat, as far as I know. That AOC used to dance is also irrelevant. That she's ditzy at times is more relevant because it affects her ability to make good decisions and to be logical and reliable, but I don't think it's her biggest issue. Her problem is more her absolute conviction that socialism can work despite the wealth of evidence, common sense, and basic economic principles against it. For her, what matters are feelings and promises, not results, not any form of objective analysis or consideration of how people will behave, depending upon the incentives which exist. She supports universal health care because it sounds good and everyone will get free quality health care, apparently. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work, if the government ends up being inefficient and people die waiting in lines, companies are bad because they're greedy while politicians and bureaucrats are apparently immune to greed. She doesn't understand that costs tend to go up when you make something free because the costs don't disappear but do get hidden from those making the choices. It's like walking around with a blindfold on and expecting to get places faster. Companies have to cut down on costs to compete and survive in the market. Consumers won't buy expensive, low-quality stuff. When government provides something at taxpayers' expense, people have no alternative. Everything gets bogged down in red tape. My worst experiences I have ever had are with government services, and it's not even close. The problem with AOC is her awful, destructive policies and her feel-good confidence in them. She thinks she's fighting evil Republicans, never considering to listen to their arguments carefully and address them rationally. And she'll never get within arm's length of an economic book, certainly not by anyone like Sowell or Hayek. She's hardly unique among leftists as well, but she's very popular and apparently willing to act or use emotions to push her agenda, but that's also very standard on the left. Let's go back to 2019 when AOC released the now famous Green New Deal. She pushed it as her way of tackling climate change, something she claimed meant the world is going to end in 12 years. All of this to the average person would mean that the Green New Deal was meant to tackle climate change. Why else would you promote it as evidence that you're trying to tackle climate change then? Immediately after this Green New Deal was released, a bunch of us conservatives looked at each other and said, you guys know this has nothing to do with the climate change, right? And we were either ignored or ridiculed, told we didn't understand the Green New Deal or that we were sexist and that it was bold and therefore good. Now, months later, an AOC has stated that if you took her 12-year claim seriously, you're an idiot. 
a claim at the time fellow Democrats stated was absolutely real. Her chief of staff came out and stated that the Green New Deal was never a climate change. It's a how-do-you-change-the-economy type of thing. Do you remember when I said conservatives were outraged over AOC dancing in college? Most conservatives had no idea until the media reported on the faux outrage. The thing we were all supposedly outraged over, we heard about from them. This isn't footloose. We don't care if you want to dance. No one said anything. Then it was claimed conservatives were circulating a nude picture of AOC. The nude, as they call it. Yeah, it was just a picture of one of her feet in the bath. It wasn't even actually her. But even if it had been, do you really think conservatives care about seeing a congresswoman's foot in a bath? Why do you even report that it was nude to begin with? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez reminds me of my last manager from work before I moved into executive management in my career. As soon as she got the position, she wanted a complete overhaul and change to everything present within the way things worked at my job. She wanted to do what we all wanted, which was cool. What wasn't cool was in the execution. We can all agree that higher standards of customer service, greater efficiency, and fewer mistakes is a good thing to accomplish. However, the way my manager did it was by working us harder, reprimanding us more, and criticizing us for not being able to meet elevated expectations without being adequately staffed. This reminds me of Cortez with her Green New Deal. Most Americans wouldn't mind a cleaner environment, less garbage, fewer emissions, and all those other good things in the Green New Deal that are not socialist ideals, but just common sense. However, AOC just got elected into this position, which is as a representative of a borough of a state very far from where I live, and she wants to change everything immediately through a series of means that aren't feasible and have a national impact that we may or may not require or even want can't solve an environmental crisis in 12 years. You can't get 330 million people off of gas cars in that amount of time either, and immediately into electric cars, even if that would solve anything. Those are woefully unrealistic ideas. So like my former manager, AOC is recently promoted into a position. She uses that position to elevate herself politically. She wants to change things without fully understanding the situation. She has unrealistic goals and means to reach those goals, and she doesn't represent my district, but wants to enact law to change virtually everything about it. That's why people don't like her. She's inexperienced, naive, overreaching, and quite honestly, an inexperienced leader based off of how she's acting. She's a person who thinks that it's perfectly acceptable to take wealth from one and give to another, especially if that another can work, but refuses to. She has insane ideas about free college and health care. She has green energy policies that are far too aggressive to be implemented the way she wants. She's never been married. She doesn't have kids. And before she got elected, she worked jobs that required no skill. <clears throat> that trait has carried over to this job as well. And yet she chides people about their life choices when she isn't all that experienced herself. She has no problem putting everyone's tax rate way up there. She wants to tax the rich more, even though the top 1% of earners pay 50%, 57% of our tax burden, and the top 10% pay 90% of it. And the grand cost of all of this has to come from somewhere, because free stuff isn't free. I find her work history to be admirable, as I said before, but only at the surface level. When you start espousing what it is good for families and the average American, there is a disconnect 
that she can't possibly fathom, and this is typical with her approach. Individual interests oppose one another, and every choice is limited by constraints. There are among a great many others. Physical constraints. Can it be physically done? Financial constraints. Can it justify its cost? And political constraints. Can we convince anyone to do it? AOC doesn't operate in that world. She believes she's making choices between the good, pure, virtuous choices and the dark, evil, malicious choice. And that isn't the world of the grown-up. That's the world of a child, like Greta Thunberg. In her case, a particular idealistic and naive child. To this, I suspect her supporters would say, well, you have to start somewhere. Why can't we, why can't we simply strive for the good, virtuous, and pure? I would agree with this, except if you don't consider the other constraints, then it's not possible to identify the good choice. Think about the worst villains in history. Do you imagine they were striving for evil? Do you think they rose from their bed every morning and said to themselves, who can we inflict harm on today? I claim they didn't because you can't get people to sign on to that kind of project. The political constraint for intentional evil is very substantial. You have to at least convince a large number of people that you're striving for what will be good for them. I'd say it's much more likely that in their own way and by their own definitions, the worst villains in history all thought they were doing something pure and if not virtuous. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, is much more than a cute parable. It's one of the primary characteristics of the human spirit. There's a real shortage of grown-ups in Washington right now, and AOC is just the most obvious and current example. I personally believe we should all be thankful that she isn't experienced enough to mask her own intentions with dishonesty. She is, if nothing else, completely upfront about her intentions and her socialism. But she isn't trying to make the world better. She's trying to conjure forth an imaginary world where there are no constraints. That road ever leads to one place. She's a free spirit, probably enchanting, and has some good dance moves I've seen, and can reportedly pour a mean draft beer. She's even kind of cute. But she's like a catfish. All mouth and no brain. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. Please tune in tomorrow for episode 276. If you would not mind, please like, share, subscribe to my channel at Don't Unfriend Me Show across all social media. I would appreciate it. I will go out like I always do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. Please do me a favor. Veterans commit suicide 22 a day. Post-traumatic stress, TBI, anxiety, depression are all very real and they need help. If you cannot talk to a veteran, sometimes they need other veterans. Reach out to me. There are plenty, plenty of people on, on the list on the show who would be happy to make that phone call with you. It is 100% free of charge. It is anonymous. And remember this, you don't have to be a veteran to call. If you are struggling from anything, just having a bad day, you just need someone to talk to, Veteran Crisis Hotline is the one you want to call. Folks, thanks for watching me. God bless. I appreciate you dummies. Remember, we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. After show is coming up, I'll be on for a few more minutes, and then I'm calling it quits tonight. Thank you, dummies. I appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow night.